It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is definitely a Super Bowl where regardless of who wins, we're not going to be that surprised. Like, this doesn't feel like, it just feels as even of a matchup as maybe we've had in years, right? I mean, if you think about it, Mahomes against the Eagles. I know how good the Eagles were, but it, all, it was Mahomes against the Eagles. The Eagles had never done that. Before. I don't know. I keep coming back to the fact that there is no underdog in this. It's the favorite by ESPN bet standards against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But how is there not an underdog? I'm telling you Ve- the feeling Vegas, I have. Vegas literally has an underdog. Well, of course they do. They have to. I'm yeah. saying that you look at Well, they don't either... have to. It could be a pick'em game, and it's yeah, not. They're going yeah, to have it Yeah, but how can way. you feel like Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Steve Spagnuolo, and the Chiefs team, who is the current reigning Super Bowl champion team, is an underdog? Because the 49ers have seven All-Pros, and that's not including Nick Bosa or Debo Samuel. The top-end talent on the 49ers far exceeds what the Kansas City Chiefs are bringing to the party. But number 15, Patrick Mahomes, is the equalizer, and I think that's what's given the Chiefs weight when it comes to the perception around this particular matchup. But, yeah, I I think the 49ers have by far and away looked like the more dominant team throughout the regular season. I'll admit, playoffs have been a different story. Big time. But there is something to Brock Purdy showing us that he can play from behind because we have that proof of concept. In a closely contested game, I could see a scenario where he does play really well and keeps the pressure on Kansas City. Now, I believe that the 49ers are going to win this game because they are the more talented team. They've been the favorite in every single game this season. And so that I would expect that to bear itself out. The only X factor, the only thing that could potentially undermine their prospects of winning the big game is Kyle Shanahan. Mm. Like, to me, I'm more concerned about Kyle Shanahan blowing the game than I am Brock Purdy. Why? Because I've seen Kyle Shanahan blow big games. I saw the Super Bowl in 2019. I saw the Super Bowl in 2016 when he was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. They're up 28-3. to for God's sakes, I don't understand why he didn't run the ball with Devontae Freeman. I, I, I still don't understand why he didn't run the ball in the second half. But he didn't, left the door open, and the New England Patriots came back. Point being, I've seen Kyle Shanahan blow big games with big leads. And so that's why I don't necessarily trust the San Francisco 49ers. And it's asking a lot for a quarterback in his first year to have to overcome not only the other team's defense, but also having to overcome his head coach while going head-to-head with the best quarterback in the land in Patrick Mahomes. But you're still going to pick him. I'm still picking the 49ers. <laughs> As you're outlining that, I'm like, you're making me feel great about my Chiefs pick over here. I'm still picking the 49ers just because in, my, in the game script that I see playing out, Kansas City is going to play a lot of man coverage. They play the fifth most man coverage of anybody in football. So with all of that man-to-man coverage – you're leaving your cornerbacks, your DBs on an island with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, and those guys are yak monsters. And I'm not talking about that stuff that Shannon Sharp drinks. <laughs> I'm talking about yards after catch. 
And so those dudes, as physical as they play, breaking a couple tackles off for big gainers is something that I anticipate happening. And that's why I think the San Francisco 49ers have a really good chance at being able to win this football game. All right, let's hear from you guys at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who wins and why? CC and I both on the Niners bandwagon for this weekend. Smalls going with the Chiefs. Who wins and why? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. A reminder, you can tune into NBA action tomorrow night. Warriors, they uh, do not trade Klay Thompson. They do not trade Draymond. They do not trade Andrew Wiggins yesterday. They will host the Suns, who made a nice addition in getting Royce O'Neal to their team from the Nets, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Who wins and why on Sunday at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I'm going with the Niners. I've gone with the Niners. for I should have probably written down the date that I first picked them to win the Super Bowl on the air. It was early, but, I mean, not that it was some bold pick. It's the Niners. They're really good. But I'm not going against that because even though it's Mahomes and Reed and they're unbelievable, they're both first ballot unanimous Hall of Famers, or should be unanimous Hall of Famers, I'm still going to go with the team that I've been picking. I still believe in Brock Purdy probably more than anyone out there that he can be a great quarterback, that he is closer to top five than he is top ten. Reminder, CCS said he's top ten. I just want to say that for all the people Thank who think you. he's I hating. Appreciate that. I have your back on How that. I hate? I'm picking them to win the You Super have Bowl. been riding the roller coaster of Purdy because we were Purdy brocking all night long. We were. And then there was only two people singing. Yeah. And now it's and here's the irony of this. What's up? We had three people singing early on this season. Purdy, Purdy, Brocking all night long. Yeah. Now we have two people singing it for a while with Smalls and I, and now Smalls is picking the Chiefs. So yeah. I am technically the only person singing left. That is horrible for the audience. You well, don't want to hear me sing. Well, we've been a show though because there have been two people singing the song for the majority of the season. But who's yeah. singing it now? He you is. and I. He's, I think it's he's you and me. He's picking the 49ers. So, so you're no longer singing. We're singing from the same hymn. Okay. Good. Yeah, exactly. All right. So Purdy. Purdy Brocking all night long. Stay out of it, Smalls. I'm sorry. It's kind of a bop. Nope. You're out. (laughs) You're out. All right. You got the Chiefs. Why? Well, I have been down on them all season long, and I'm $87 poorer because they have found (laughs) a way to get here despite having offensive skill position players who had the most drops in the entirety of the season. I didn't think that they looked like they had cohesion. I thought there was no way that they could get here. Then the playoffs hit. And then they looked like the Kansas City Chiefs of old. I'll even throw out the Miami game. But the fact that they went into Buffalo, they're able to beat that team. They go into Baltimore, and it wasn't even close with the Baltimore Mm -hmm. Ravens. They were able to handily win that game. They are looking like themselves. To me, championship DNA matters. The fact that Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo are two of the people that you would pick first to have in a big game, I'm not going to go against them. I'm not going to go against Patrick Mahomes. I don't want to go against a Chiefs defense that was second in total defense. And I think the the big disparity to me when I look at the matchups is the offensive skill position players. Obviously, San Francisco has the leg up there. But if the Chiefs don't have to rely on those people, if they can have a different game plan, I think it's going to be a no-brainer to pick Kansas City here. Tanner in South Dakota listening on 102.3. What's up, Tanner? I got the Niners by a large margin. Ooh, why? They, Tanner. They... The 49 I'm going to disagree with you, Smalls. Okay. The 49ers are better at almost every single position outside of the quarterback well, and maybe the cornerbacks. I'm going to even go out of a limb here, and I think George Kittle is a much better tight end than Travis Kelsey. They're just used differently on different teams. I don't think the last part is as absurd as people probably hear it to be because of the blocking part of it. Yeah. 
he's not historically going to be better, but in the true sense of what the tight end was back in our day, yeah. right, the blocking matters. Yeah, you can't quantify his impact on the game in the same way that you would quantify Travis Kelsey's because Kelsey is a receiver. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's totally it's different. different, yeah. But that's an interesting one, that the Niners are better at every position but quarterback, which matters. I'm saying it that way. And cornerback, right? Those are pretty big positions. Yeah, those are pretty big positions. Would you yeah. agree with that? The Niners are better at every position? Their front seven is better. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably give the Niners' offensive line the slight edge. Well, slight, especially with Joe Tooney not playing, who's a edge, great player. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Kansas Trent City. Williams is the best offensive lineman on the planet, so I would give them the slight edge. The skill position players, that's Niners all day. Um, yeah. I would say the 49ers are, are I'm not going to say it's by far, but by a good margin, a more talented team than the Kansas City Chiefs. But again, talent doesn't mean that you're the the best team. No, it means you underachieve. Yeah, talent doesn't mean that you're the best team. That's you know what, what I mean. Saying? Yeah, exactly. Bill Parcells used to say this all the time. Um, the best players don't always make the best team, but the best team always wins. The mm. 49ers have the better players. Right. But I don't know that that's going to equate to them being the best team on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm picking them because they have the better players and they have the longer stretch of the season where they've looked like the most dominant team in football than Kansas City. If we come in on Monday and at any point we say, well, you know, Mahomes is the more, was the more talented quarterback, that means the Niners won. Yeah. Because if we say it that way, we're going to follow it up with, and Brock Purdy still had more yards and touchdowns or less interceptions. But that's that's a setup line. Is the talent thing is a setup for yeah. saying something negative. I mean, you're basically framing how we talk about Josh Allen all the time. <laughs> and how we talked about Aaron Rodgers for yeah, a long time. Yeah, Josh Allen, one MVP But you know what's vote. interesting? And, uh, and hearing, place, hearing Max Crosby, the defensive end, all-world defensive end from the Las Vegas Raiders talk about playing the Kansas City Chiefs, he said this, you got to put the pressure on them and you've got to force some turnovers. If they don't turn the ball over, you're dead. Mm. You have no chance. The Kansas City Chiefs, the last five years, they're 25-1 and one when they don't turn the ball over. So would you play ball control if you're then? Would you dink and dunk? Well, that's you... what we saw Patrick Mahomes do against in, 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 the in Ravens, Baltimore yeah. Ravens. Second we saw, half, yeah. We saw him do that. So, like, intentionally boring? Well, I think that's been Mahomes' focus. Remember the Cincinnati Bengals game in the conference championship game? He had a couple of turnovers and was like, you know what? I'm going to start protecting the football. And since then, he's 6-0 in the playoffs. He's averaging around 235 yards passing. He's got 11 touchdowns, no interceptions, only been sacked five times. Is that all? That's all. Yeah, but, that, but you know what I'm that just is? saying. There's a certain. It's not like he's going out there trying to throw for 300 yards right, anymore. Right. That's not his mentality. But, but it served anyway. the team well. Yes, of that, course. That has to be anyway. the most freeing moment if you're an athlete and you know individually, I'm in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Now all I have to worry about is team winning, winning and losing. Yeah. I don't have to throw for 300 yards. I'm just going to say, well, CCC or Smalls are there, so I'm going to throw over there because they're not here. I don't have to throw over them or anything like that. When you are already a Hall of Famer and all you care about is, like, I don't care. Like, we scored 12 I don't have to prove myself. But, but, but he also, but he also understands when he has to dial it up and make a play. Like, the throw to MVS, MVS tripped over himself and he still couldn't help but catch the ball because Pat Mahomes put it on his face mask. The throw yeah. that he made to Travis Kelsey – when he was in man coverage with Kyle Hamilton, that back shoulder, that's a big boy throw. Like, those are the times where Patrick Mahomes' greatness come out comes out. But I think, by and large, he's understanding that I just have to manage the game, sustain drives, get first downs, and then cash in once we get in the red zone. 
And if I play that way and protect the football, then I'm going to be hard to beat just because I'm so good and my head coach is so good. Yeah, I I think that we have seen other guys. Lamar, to to be honest, at times, have to try to do too much to win because there may be a mental aspect of, like, I have to be the reason we win, all the pressure, No, 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 I think they feel like they have to do too much to win when they play him. Yeah, when well, he doesn't 15, feel like when it, they right? play fifteen, mm-hmm. because well, well, he doesn't because he knows he's the standard. I know, but it's they amazing. All, but they also know he's the standard, so they do things that are uncharacteristic. And while I don't worry about Brock Purdy falling into that trap, I do worry about Kyle Shanahan falling into that trap, thinking that he has to do something uncharacteristic because he's going up against Patrick Mahomes, because he's going up against Andy Reid, and that's why I think this could be a setup for an all-time choke job from the head coach. And this is and that's I, saying a lot, seeing as how we're talking about Kyle Shanahan. Who's been there and done that. But this is why I can't pick against Patrick Mahomes. Just listening to you guys talk about this, he doesn't have anything to prove. He's just adding to the legacy. It's just cherries on top of the Sunday right now. He doesn't have to go out there and overexert himself. He has the finesse and the instincts of the game to know how to beat you different ways. No. When somebody is that elite, how can you pick against them? We wouldn't pick against Tiger Woods in his prime. We didn't want to pick against Jordan. If he really is on track to be the greatest of all time, how can you pick against him? You can pick against Wait. him because his offensive line is terrible. You just said you, you just, just made a bold statement. We got to come back to. Hold on. You just said that Patrick Mahomes has nothing to prove. Let, let's pause there. We'll come back and get into that because I want to hear more about that. And we have to understand what you mean by that further. That he has nothing to prove because we've had a lot of the goat conversation around Mahomes. We'll get more of your phone calls in coming up at eight 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 say ESPN. We're on Sportsmanlike presented by Progressive Insurance. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. And that is why, Smalls, I don't understand how he has nothing to prove. We're Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. You've said that you think that when we played out the 0-4 hypothetical for Mahomes, what's more likely, zero Super Bowls the rest of his career, or four more, you went with four, and yet he has nothing to prove. If he's going to be in the GOAT status, he actually has a a lot. He has more to prove than Purdy does if he's in the GOAT status. But that is quite literally the only other place he has to go from here. It's a pretty big place. Sure, but he's already a slam dunk Hall of Famer, no? Agreed. Yeah. And by the way, so is Lamar MVP last night. For anybody who wants to hate on Lamar, two MVPs, quarterback position, you're going to the Hall of Fame. Continue. But if you're already a Hall of Famer and you've already achieved what you wanted to, your ultimate goal in winning the Super Bowl, 
getting back there again feels like it probably has a little bit more freedom to it. When you're like, now I'm just collecting rings. Like, I've already established who I am as a player. I have already established who I am in regards to my place and impact on the game. I have no peers currently. I am peerless. The only conversations people are having about me is can I take down Tom Brady as the greatest of all time to do this? So maybe there's a little pressure from a historical standpoint. But if he loses the Super Bowl and doesn't win another one, he's still a Hall of Famer. He's still one of the greatest quarterbacks we have ever seen. See, see that's where I disagree with you. <laughs> I just laugh because you said he's collecting rings. It makes me think of Thanos from the Marvel, <laughs> Marvel Universe. But anyway... When Patrick Mahomes establishes that the standard for him is Tom Brady, a guy that has seven rings, that puts so much more pressure on him. Bingo. Than I think he's ever experienced because now there's actually a path to him accomplishing that. It's feasible. Like we all recognize that it's a long shot, but it's actually something that he has the potential to do, especially considering that he started his career with six straight conference championship game appearances. So if Tom Brady is who I'm trying to chase down, and I've said that in a public way, that applies pressure in a completely different way, more so than anybody else would be feeling in the Super Bowl. Just think back to when LeBron talked about chasing ghosts. Mm-hmm. Remember he said that? I'm yeah. chasing ghosts, man. I'm ch- He was talking about Michael Jordan and everybody knew it. Yeah. Think about the kind of pressure that applied to him throughout the remainder of his career and how we scrutinize everything that he does and every time he got back to the NBA Finals. We actually hold the times where he gets to the Finals and lose against him because he's comparing himself to Michael Jordan who went a perfect 6-0 and in the Finals. That's what we're going to be doing with Patrick Mahomes Especially if he loses, oh well, he's got a—he's not doesn't have a winning record in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady has won what seven of ten, so I mean that will be—that's the impossible standard that he has set for himself. And because it's in such a public way, and because he is peerless, it puts a whole different level of scrutiny on his career from here on out. See, I think that LeBron takes way more heat and has way more pressure on him because he was assigned that that label of you're going to be the challenger to the GOAT when he was in high school. So he had already an impossible set of standards to live up to. Whereas Patrick Mahomes wasn't the number one overall draft pick. He's not, we don't, we didn't talk about him the way we're talking about Caleb Williams right now. He was drafted by the Chiefs into a good situation and he obviously has been transformative, transcendent in so many ways. But I don't think that we had the expectations on him at, a, at the outset like we did with LeBron. So, yeah, there's pressure on him if he wants to usurp Tom Brady as the GOAT. But I also think his legacy is already so cemented that if he doesn't get there, we're not going to look at him and say he was a failure. But I look at it as more downside for Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl if he loses than Brock Purdy. Not even close. I totally, I mean, like, I think it's so much more, pre- if you want to use the word pressure or something to prove on Mahomes than it is Purdy. If Brock Purdy goes 0 of 20 and literally has the worst game in Super Bowl history and never plays another game, he exceeded his contract and the expectations through two years if he never plays again more than maybe any other play we've ever seen, right? He was a, literally the last pick in the draft. He, that's why I keep going back to this something to prove. This guy's ridiculous in what he's already done, regardless of what happens the rest of the way. What happens if the Chiefs lose is we have the conversation next week 
would they have been better off not making it at all because it doesn't count against your Super Bowl record with Mahomes? That may sound crazy, but that is the LeBron example. There are many years, and this is unfair, I'm acknowledging this, there are many years where LeBron has lost in the finals where you could say, you know what, it's probably better to never have made it because we never do the Michael only made six, LeBron has made ten, or whatever it is. We do Michael won six rings, LeBron won four. The other six almost don't matter in that regard because he has six losses. Getting there is not good enough for us when we're talking about the GOATs conversation. I look at Mahomes, and this is where I keep coming back to, we don't treat him like Brady. There's no way that in this moment we would say, ah, you know what? It doesn't matter. There's no pressure on Brady if he wins. There's, you know, he has nothing to prove. Yeah, he does. Mahomes has something to prove. There are a lot of guys with two. There are not a lot of guys with three. And there's nobody outside of Brady with three through your first six years. And then Brady doesn't have the individual accolades then that Mahomes would have through that time. Then you could actually make the case, I wouldn't, but some would, He's way ahead of Brady through six years in getting there. There's way more pressure on Mahomes than there is Purdy because Mahomes matters more in the case of the football story lifetime-wise. Okay, you had me until you said that we never treated Brady like this. And I think the reason that we never treated Brady like this is because Brady had contemporaries that were challenging him for the best quarterback in the NFL. At that time, for sure. Patrick Mahomes does not. Right, I agree. And so I think that's the part where it's like there's nothing to prove because he's so much better than every other quarterback that's out there Right, so then we're not comparing him. But like we talk about telling the story of this sport. Here's the thing, through the first three championships, we weren't saying that Tom Brady was going to be Joe Montana. We weren't. He wasn't. He didn't have that kind of impact. I don't remember. Well, he he didn't have that type of impact on his team's success. He wasn't gonna. He wasn't a multiple time MVP. Yeah, nobody was saying that. Yeah, the only reason I I gave you the confused look was I wonder if we we went to that place because Brady was so open about his idol being Montana. Idolized Montana. I I don't remember if we went there. But anybody that saw the way that those Patriots teams were constructed knew that the defense was the catalyst, and then Tommy would have some magic late in games. That's how they won it. Those first three championships. But when we looked at Patrick Mahomes, this guy came out in his first year as the starter, threw for 50 touchdowns and Agreed. won MVP. But that's why I'm saying that he has to win. Yeah, I, I agree yeah. with you, but I'm saying we didn't, we're not treating him like we treat Brady because Brady was up for debate on whether or not he was the best quarterback during his era until he had no more peers right. because he just outlasted all of them and played 23 years. Whereas with Patrick Mahomes, He's in his seventh year in the NFL, and we are acknowledging there is nobody close to being as good as he is. Yeah. And so I think that's why we treat it a little differently, and that's why you're saying that there might not be pressure on him. There's not pressure on him to prove that he's better than anybody else right now, but I think there's pressure on him when it comes to the GOAT conversation just because we acknowledge that he actually has a chance to do it. Yeah, really quickly on Brady, we can't forget about the cheating allegations, about Spygate, about Deflategate. He had something to prove because a lot of people wanted to forever link him to that. So I think him winning more and winning in the way that he did was really important because he had to outrun that in a lot of ways and prove people wrong. You can tune into college basketball action tomorrow. Xavier hosts Creighton, presented by Robin Hood. Coverage begins at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Our producer, Pat Costello, his favorite hosts... One of them is joining us next, Chris Carlin. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Unsportsmanlike. What are the snacks that you want to have on deck when you <laughs> are watching the game? You got to have many hot dogs. Got to have many hot dogs. Really? Absolutely. Pigs in a blanket, got to. That's got first to. on your you know list? What? Got to. It's up there. Absolutely. I'm in. It you, is absolutely you- up there. You know, guys, we are a very sponsor-friendly show. We love when our great advertising partners support the show. So let's welcome in one of them, Chris Garlin. Garlin versus Show, our newest advertising partner. Hey, Gabe, I don't know if we want to be too welcoming because oh. he did have a take on air yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that he deserves to be taken a task for I that take. I think so. I think so. How, really? how is your first pick off the board for Super Bowl Eats? The pig in the blanket or the mini hot dog? How in the world? In what world is that acceptable? How is that okay? Let me put this in yeah. terms that Evan will understand. Please okay? do. Pig in a blanket, the most reliable type thing that you can have. Pig in a, br- pig in a blanket is Patrick Mahomes of. Yes. Oh, that's so disrespectful to Patrick it Mahomes. It really is. Pig, a, pig in a blanket. I know what I'm getting, and I'm not going to be no, disappointed. Well, they, no, they don't know what no, they just walked no. into. Yeah. Give us no. any food, the two of us will give you the sports comp. No. Oh, yeah. No. Patrick Mahomes is not pig in a blanket. Yeah, that may be a Listen, he's he's not, exactly. anything, he is absolutely Brock Purdy not. is pigs in a blanket. Well, not, because... I don't know what I'm getting from Brock Purdy. I don't know what I'm getting. I could get what I saw against the Ravens a few weeks ago. Brock Purdy, listen, I mean, Brock Purdy could easily go a whole other direction, which says to me, you put that in front of me, I don't know what I'm getting. So I would, uh, what would I call Brock Purdy? Uh, you know, boomer bust food? Uh, no, I, uh, uh, um, the curly fries, because sometimes they're they're the frozen point. in the middle. Cur- yes. You know what I mean? Oh, they're not point. all the way cooked. But if, but if they are cooked well, yep. they're phenomenal. Exactly. They, but how curly is fries. the first pick in your draft? They don't get food. it. Because <laughs> I go with what's reliable, what's not going to disappoint So me. how is Patrick Mahomes not pizza? Everyone universally Michelle, you know is better picking than pizza. anybody else. We just had somebody embarrass themselves. I won't say it's <laughs> Rob Lorenzo. <laughs> the fact that he came across and said that that 7-Eleven, quote, hits different you know, with their pizza. You know when 7-Eleven pizza hit hits him. different? About an hour after you have it. That's when it hits different. <laughs> and listen, 7-Eleven, they're good people. Shout yeah, out to the no, no lies detected in what you said, though. I, no but, lies let's detected. Let's keep it a buck. Now, Carlin, where are you with our four teammates over there? Uh, mm-hmm. Pat, Javante, Nuno, and Rob, all ordering lasagna at a nice Italian restaurant. A little disappointed in it because mm-hmm. I... I go with what Michelle said earlier. It's 100% true. That is something that is virtually guaranteed to be better if you make it Correct. than anybody else. And, like, I would just make that at home. I wouldn't go out to order that. And here's the real part that's damning for me. Mm. The fact that Pat talked about the fact that they screwed it up. 
Like, if you screw up lasagna, how hard is that? That is not that hard. Lasagna should be the pigs in a blanket. You're 100% right. Uh, you are the smartest man at ESPN uh, Radio. Hey, hey, guy off. Um, this was a whole proof of concept, as we called it in the biz. Uh, and I tell you what, it couldn't have worked out better. I have some notes for you guys uh-huh. about the segment, if okay, we can talk yeah. about that later on. Wow. Into that. So As much. a sponsor, you yes, have our ears. I have some notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're allowed to give us notes now. Now that you're a sponsor of the show, well, he's, pay, he's, he's paying. Yeah, he's I mean, it doesn't mean we're going to take him, but he's allowed to provide insight <laughs> if he's go. a right. paying customer of this program. Um, question for you: I was thinking about this. Carlin versus Joe, noon until three Eastern time. This is Joe's time of year. Obviously, he probably has more prop bets and bets in general. Are you rooting for your co-host to be right or wrong with all of his bets? See, here's the thing, and I think Canty will understand this as a former co-host of mine. I generally will jump on board because I am a sucker. I can be <laughs> talked into anything, so I want us to ride this out together. And then when it goes horribly awry, yes. I can turn and blame you. That's what we he'll do. We call this a Carlin can't lose situation. Heard that before around here. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you and go. That was. It's basically this. If we win, we win. If we lose, I'm going to hammer you for it. That's it. There you go. There you go. You know where I got that? Mad Dog Russo. Oh, really? Oh, absolutely. Really? He used to, he used to do that always, all the time. We'd, we, When I was younger and had no money, we'd put a few bucks at a game, and he would enjoy the fact that he was either A, going to win, or B, could call me every five minutes. Like, oh, my God. Are you going to be able to make rent this month? I mean, honestly, I, I can't believe you bet $100. You're making thirty grand a year. Are you out of your mind? He would absolutely love wow, that. You took so the Fairfield over. The thing, uh, I love the fact that he's consistent because Carlin is always rooting for whatever show he's on. He's rooting for what's in yeah. the best interest of the show. Well, he's exactly. on he's this not show rooting, now. He's, and he's not a rooting for any it. individual parts. He's rooting for the show. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I can remember betting on, you know, the Idaho Potato Bowl and betting against Idaho in that game. Was that the wink-wink game? <laughs> it should have been. It should have been. <laughs> so, big fella, speaking of games, we got Super Bowl on Sunday. Oh, really? More, more, <laughs> more, concern, more concerned about Brock Purdy or Kyle Shanahan in this game. Kyle Shanahan, I can think. He, I think he can screw this up, and you would hope that he would have learned lessons along the way about what's gone wrong. Uh, but I would be more concerned about getting caught up in the moment as opposed to just keeping it simple where you should keep it simple. Um, he's an incredibly bright coach. I'm reading this thing, you know, about how he is. Uh, all his position coaches, he is basically spying on his position coaches. And they have cameras in every room, and he watches every meeting that his position coaches are having. He got this from his father. Uh, his position coaches are having with the team to make sure the message is right. Like, are we over-managing this situation a little bit? Sounds mm-hmm. like it. Kind of feels like it. So, it's uh, like our that- boss, Justin Craig, has that with his dog, he told us last <laughs> night. He has cameras everywhere for his dog. Uh, fascinating. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, I, I, I think in this case. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was very interesting. <laughs> if you just think about that for a second. Like, we got Andy Reid, who, granted, couldn't win the big one until he got to Kansas City. Now he's just comfortable. Andy Reid is comfortable in what he's doing. Kyle Shanahan has heard nothing more than... You have screwed it up twice in the biggest situation. So why would I not worry about that until, once again, full circle, proof of concept. Let's see it actually happen on Sunday. I would have a camera on my dog. I would be fascinated by that all day. 
I really? love dogs. I so would why absolutely don't you do, it? do it. I, I be, because I will never leave the phone. It's like why my wife would never go for me buying a video game, a PS5, or any of that stuff, because I will not leave that. Okay, understood. And I'm okay with that. I get it. I would want to check in on my dog, too. Yeah. Um, So you said Andy Reid is comfortable. Do you Mm -hmm. think Patrick Mahomes is? Because I don't think he has anything to prove. Agree or disagree? I don't think he has anything to prove. I think he is chasing something, but I think he's exceptionally comfortable. And what's going on here? Uh, I agree with that. There's there's nothing to prove about who Patrick Mahomes is. What there is to prove is what he is going to be. What there what he is going to be remembered as. And can we legitimately start to have the conversation? I have to tell you, in the divisional round, it was the first time that I really thought he might catch him. He might catch Brady. That's the first time I truly considered it. And I think it's possible. Um, and I, I just, to that point about Shanahan, I don't worry about Mahomes at all. Mm. I don't worry about Mahomes at all in this spot. But, Carlin, you fairly took me to task the other day for me saying that Purdy has nothing to prove. Okay? Right. How is it that you're going to then say Mahomes and Brady in the same sentence and Mahomes has nothing to prove? Well, the, it's, it's, there's difference between something to prove and something to chase. Mm-hmm. Something to prove is I belong. Mm-hmm. Something to prove is where I am in the game right now. Nobody, nobody would tell you that Patrick Mahomes has a damn thing to prove about where he is in the game right now. I understand that. Something to chase, that's different. We all universally agree that Brady is the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. But we can just start to have the conversation a little bit if he wins now, as opposed to later on. Maybe he has something later on to prove. But three and one looks a lot different than two and two. And that's what I think he has to prove, sure. is that if you're going to be in the Brady conversation, you got to be close to halfway well, there. I, I, yeah, listen, I think I think there's something to that, but I think there's more to the fact that he is going to be the second fastest here to three if he wins it by age. I don't expect him to play to 45 like Brady did. No. But Brady did have, and it's not a knock on Brady, please don't take it this way, there was a 10-year stretch where they didn't win it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that just, to me, opens up that period for Mahomes to get more. Can I just ask you something, CeCe? Because you said, when when Carlin just said, I don't think he's going to play until 45, you said, no. Why do you guys believe that, like, that definitively he's not going to play until 45? But I don't don't, don't think he's going to have to in order to usurp Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time. Mm. I don't think he'll need to. Yeah, I he may don't. not. I, That's he my started, point about he, the started, 10 years. he started his career with six straight conference championship game appearances. Yeah. And, that, that, that's where we're but starting. You but do you think Brady played till 45 to become the GOAT or because he was obsessed with playing football? Both. Both. Well, I yeah. think there's a little bit of both. I don't know that, that Patrick Mahomes is wired that way. I'm not going to say that he's not wired right. that way, but I think he's put a goal out there now which is to surpass Tom Brady as the greatest of all time. I'm going to assume when that goal is accomplished, whenever that happens, and I'm not saying it has to be seven championships in order to do it, but whenever that is, I think he'd be comfortable walking away from the game of football. By the way, just one little thing that if you guys talked about it and I missed it, I apologize, but I was talking about I, I, I really had not considered this until yesterday. How much do you think Brady loves the fact that Belichick can't get a job? Publicly, he said the opposite. I know, publicly. Well, he has to say that publicly. You know, there's a little... Listen, he's hanging, yeah, he can, he's hanging at the rim. He's there, hanging on the rim behind the scenes. I mean, there's you a little it. bit of... Yeah. Hey, I immediately went somewhere else, won one right away. Okay. Uh, but no, he didn't, though. That's the thing. Like he, What he said publicly was, I can't believe that I had to wait 
to get that. Like, I only had two offers out there, whatever he said. I think it's going to be like we're not there yet, but give it a week plus. When this documentary comes out on Apple, the whole uh, Patriots documentary, I almost you did coward. It. I almost did it. They have a counter for how many times I say the coach's name here. Yeah. So I've, I tried what to avoid What coach are you talking about? The one who used to coach the Patriots. I don't know. Which but one? I think we're going to racket up all of these or ratchet up all of these conversations again because I think there's going to be comments that come out of that that are going to do that again. I think it was telling what Rob Ninkovich said on a podcast this week when he said he doesn't feel bad that Bill Belichick can't get a job. Because moving on from Brady too early, moving on from some of them veterans too early, mm. those are the guys that could have helped him rack up the wins. He could have had 30 wins instead of the 15 that he needs oh, to pass gosh. Don Shula. I'm I just, have to tell I'm you. Just putting I, know, it out I know that's not you. I'm just, put, I'm, just put, I'm just putting it out there. Because he would have been an all-pro guy if, without Bell. Well, 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 come on now. Coach. Don't, do, don't do that. That's on the counter. Don't, 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 yeah. don't By do the way, it, it, you know, you're so adorable. The fact that you used to buy and believe everything that Brady says publicly. Yeah, yeah come amazing. on. This guy's Actually, a brand. I believe the other one more. You're so cute. I, the coach is the one that I believe more. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, noon until 3 Eastern time. Great show. And a new sponsor <laughs> of Unsports. Do you have like. the new copy? Can we uh, <laughs> we'll break that down? Do you have it over there? did earlier. Okay. Yeah. We're Unsports with like on ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You trust a guy like that. What's that, Smalls? You know we your just, mic's on. <laughs> we were just joking about Bar Scott. Mr. Can't Wait because he's on Get Up. He does a phenomenal job we every single Bart Friday. Scott. And we're just looking at his name. It's Bartholomew Edward Scott. And, you know, I was making the point that he sounds like an English monarch. And then Smalls hmm. says he's a guy with three first names, and it's hard to trust a guy that has three first names. It is. Oh, wow. But I trust Bart Scott, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, former- a little bit crazy there, though. I trust Bart Scott to be crazy. Really? Yeah. I mean, in the ESPN Royal Rumble list that we were putting together at dinner last night, Pat Costello had Bart Scott as his first overall pick. Really? More on that yeah. coming up on Wednesday, potentially, or oh, maybe soon. I Just throwing that, that out there. Yeah. Oh, you'll be involved. Exactly. That was yes, on our side of the table. The cool oh, side. Uh, uh, according to Nuno, the non-cool, the non-cool side. side. I mean, I can't cool confirm you guys were talking but trade deadline. Yeah. Not even. I wish we were. Actually, we didn't even get to the cool stuff there. Uh, by the way, Bart Scott's former team, how about Woody Johnson saying uh, yesterday, the owner of the Jets, quote, we need a backup quarterback. We didn't have one last year, end quote. Well, your general manager drafted the guy number two overall in Zach Wilson, and you chose to keep everybody in their same exact spots from last year. You did have one that you picked and you paid a lot of money to. Yeah. That organization's a mess. Anyway, uh, speaking of messy, Demarcus Lawrence, Dallas Cowboys, was on first take yesterday and gave an explanation as to why he thinks his team was bounced early from the postseason. All honesty, I think the main thing is who's burned out, man. Uh, you know, long season um, team dominantly healthy throughout the season. You know, um, the legs get tired, but also, um, you know, you got to give hats off to Green Bay, man. They came out with a great game plan, um, you know, rolling out towards Micah and, and running away from me. I feel like, you know, that's that's what they needed to, you know, get their game started, and they jumped on us fast. And What about adjustments? Yeah, adjustments, man. Uh, you know, I feel like we went in the locker room, and, you know, we came out, you know, ready with our adjustments, but uh, still didn't go the way that we planned it to go. Well, uh, that piece of audio um, led to this from one Chris Canty, former Dallas Cowboy. Man, now- it's the playoffs, dog. Everybody is tired, but it's winter go home. Give a damn that your legs is tired. We're weeks removed from when you got beat by the Green Bay Packers, and that's what you got? We were tired? We were burnt out? No, man. That's infuriating. 
It's disrespectful to the game of football. You work all year long to have an opportunity to compete for a championship, and you're one of 14 teams left standing at the end. And you tired? And you burnt out? What the hell is wrong with you? And that's one of the team leaders. Tank Lawrence is one of the team leaders. That's an embarrassment to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm embarrassed for him. I'm embarrassed that I used to play for him. Chris Canty, do you have any issue with what Chris Canty said? No, and I'm you not. Agree with you him? know what? And here's the thing: I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna smile because y'all not gonna raise my blood pressure up like it was in the seven o'clock hour when we talked about this. I refuse to give that that kind of energy again. But I just think it's so ridiculous that he was willing to say that. I mean, Bill Parcells said it all the time. That's what you lift all of them weights for. Mm-hmm. Is that time of year so you can compete for a championship? I mean, we play for money. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's the first priority for pretty much everybody in the locker room. But beyond that, it's to win a championship. Every kid dreams of an opportunity of getting to and winning a Super Bowl. And you too tired? And you you burnt out? When when it, your goal is weeks away? When, when, the, when the dream starts to become crystallized and you can see it, it's within your grasp? You too burnt out to be locked in? to be ready to go, to have the requisite sense of urgency that you need to play at your best, that's the culture problem that exists with the Cowboys. And Smalls, I don't know how you get it fixed with a lame duck coach in Mike McCarthy and your quarterback you know, on a lame duck contract as well. Jerry Jones was noncommittal about extending Dak. The quarterback position by nature is a leadership spot. But if that's what your team leader's sentiments are, weeks removed from the season, if that's what Tank Lawrence is comfortable putting out there in the ether as one of the spokespersons for the Dallas Cowboys because of his leadership stature within that organization, then that is a complete embarrassment, and Jerry Jones should reconsider everything. I mean, everything that this franchise is doing. That pain is a privilege. Being tired at that point in the season is a privilege. You should relish that. You should look forward to that. You should embrace that. And the fact that he had no problem saying that so publicly, even if it was the truth, which I think is the first problem, there needs to be a shift in that mindset. But the fact that he said that so publicly, I thought back to championship teams that I covered, and their mindset was being able to be tired at that point in the season is a privilege. But I also think about... Had they said anything that negated that publicly, they were going to have to talk to their head coach like or their manager. If the Cardinals that I covered, championship teams, playoff teams, ever said something like that publicly, Tony La Russa would have something to say about it. Mm. So it does make me wonder, too, about how the players in the locker room feel about Mike McCarthy. If they feel like we can come out and say, we were burnt out, we were tired— Well, I would think your coach would have something to say about that because you get paid to go out there and relish those moments. I think a lot of teams we've seen over the course of time in sports need every ounce of effort to get to the place that they get to. And then when everyone else is trying even harder, they don't have it to give. Like I think back historically, Purdue, this is a weird one, but hear me out on this. Purdue basketball under Gene Cady 100 years ago, they played harder in the regular season than any team ever. They get to the postseason of the tournament, they're the number one seed. They stink because that's when everybody else is trying. The New York Knicks right now play their butts off every single night. I don't know that the Celtics have to. I don't know that the Bucks have to. I wonder, were the Cowboys actually, Mike Lombardi said it to us on our show, that they overachieved and not underachieved. Michael Lombardi is smoking dope. There's no chance. Like, I just, like, uh, uh, the, like. But I'm the saying, Cow- do they have the to Cowboys put everything are, in there? The to Cowboys get to that are place. a talented team. 
Like, they had an, an all-pro corner in Deron Bland. They had the best defensive player in all of football in Michael Parsons. They got an offensive line that's built like a brick wall. They got mm-hmm. an all-pro wide receiver in C.D. Lamb. They got an all-pro at quarterback in Dak Prescott. They got a pretty good tight end in Jake Ferguson. They got a pretty decent running back in Tony Pollard. What, what else do you need? But maybe like, they I, had I, to give every ounce of effort just to get to well, that the place. Well, the teams that you brought up else... as examples, they had a talent deficiency. Yes, That correct. wasn't the Cowboys' correct. problem. Yes. Especially against the Green Bay Packers. It ain't talent. Yeah. It's the mentality. Yeah, also, uh, you know who should be really tired right now? The Kansas City Chiefs. Because yeah. they went further than any other team last year. They won the Super Bowl. And what are you hearing from them? What are you hearing from Travis Kelsey? I want I can't this one wait. more than I've wanted any. And I, I can't wait for the game. That's what if anybody saying. should be tired, it's those guys. I, and they're anything but. I can't I wait to put way. the pads on and get this thing rocking. That's what he said. He's played more football than anybody Correct. over the last five, six years. Correct. Because they always in the conference championship game. And he's not tired. And, and you talking about you tired and you burnt out? I'm not trying to defend him. I'm it just, sounds like it. No, I'm not. In any way, shape, or form, I would look at Kansas City and say they could be bad at times during the regular season and still get here. There is an argument, maybe. Well, the Cowboys were bad at times, too. <laughs> I know, but maybe there is an overachieving argument there that they had to do everything they could just to get to that point. Nah, I can't let you let them off the hook. You done got my blood pressure up talking that nonsense. <laughs> it's Unsportsmanlike no on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch... Watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.